If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports get together with athletes and media members and talk to them about anything they like, just not sports. Uh, Obviously, this is not your regular host, Brad Burke. This is Gareth Hughes uh, taking the hosting reins for the day. Crazy week here in Just Not Sports land. Uh, Brad and Adam are both caught up in, frankly, the sports media world. And I was the only one available to tape the pod. Uh, So Joe Reed and I are collabing on this. He's back to his old no-microphone ways. So, Joe, say hi. Very well done. Nice to hear from you, as it were. Um, And so we have a great show this week, and we kind of just want to get right to it. A long in-person interview with NFL.com's own Judy Batista about her love of Van Halen. So you'll hear that coming up shortly. As the only person, though, I do want to continue the tradition of the hammer. And so as the only person on the show this week, uh, I want to deliver a hammer to the Patriots running back, LeGarrett Blunt, or LeGarry Blunt, as I've heard him referred to on the Around the NFL podcast. But... Sticking with the theme of music this week, he is the great-grandnephew of Sun Ra. As the snobby, hipster Brooklyn member of the Just Not Sports podcast, I've been listening to a lot of Sun Ra recently. I will admit to that. And uh, it got me thinking about LeGarrette Blunt. And so I'd love to talk to him about music, his relationship to music, growing up in a musical family, what he listens to now, how it inspires him. All that sorts of not sports stuff. So the single hammer for this week has been thrown down to LeGarrette Blunt. Come on, talk music, talk Sun Ra and his incredibly vast output, if that had anything to do with your life growing up and what you listen to now. So that is a future episode. For now, let's get to this episode talking to Judy Batista on Van Halen. Okay, usually it is Clipboard Brad who handles the introductions, but today I'm taking it because we are joined by one of America's best sports writers, one of my favorite people in the NFL and in sports in general, and someone I consider a very good friend, Judy Batista. Her work has appeared in the New York Times. She wrote there for years. Now she's a senior writer for NFL.com. You'll find her on NFL Network, Inside the NFL. If you need to know about the NFL, she's the one to turn to. But today, we're not going to talk about any of that. We're going to talk about Judy's lifelong passion for Van Halen. (laughs) Judy, welcome to the show. How are you? It gets played a lot in stadiums, so it dovetails very nicely with the career. So, on Just Not Sports, we're, like, I think, hard-hitting journalists, okay? So I got to get to the most pressing question right away. We're going to talk about how the whole thing started, but there's really only one thing to talk about with Van Halen. Um, we all know the best singer was um, Gary Sharon, but in you know, there's been two others. So of the other two, where do you lean? 
Uh, I lean firmly on we're only going to talk about the David Lee Roth era because that's the only era that I count as Van Halen. Shots I think fired. everything else is, I don't want to say fraudulent, that's a little strong, but <laughs> I feel like it's a spinoff group. It's like, you remember when, uh, what group was it that hired the lead singer that sounded like the old lead Journey. singer? That Journey. Journey, yeah. Yeah, I'm, no. That's Somewhere in Cabo Journey? San Lucas right now, Sammy Hagar just <laughs> right. <I'm> <laughs> drops sorry, his Sammy. drink. Like, I can drive 55, great, that was fine, but not Van Halen. No. Yeah, I, look, I think Van Halen is, it, it, like the, the essence of Van Halen is when, in the early Roth years, you know, it's like the L.A. strip, yes. party With scene, tight go. pants, jumping around okay. stage, goofing around, like that to me does sit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more than just like, I don't. I think it's just like the personality of the band. I mean, later Van Halen, like right now, that kind of stuff is just so sincere. And I think what strikes me is that's not what early Van Halen is so goofy and fun. I mean, they're they're just that, that's their whole vibe. So to me, I just they, they sang Happy Trails, Hot for Teach, or like they're telling yeah. jokes in the middle of songs. Right. You know. Right. So I mean, I know that I read an interview once that I think like. All Weight is one of Eddie's favorite songs because of the musicality of it and the sincerity of it. And, like, I hated that song. Like, <laughs> right, David Lee Roth has a real borscht belt kind right, like, of humorous like, I liked humorous the vibe. kind of music you would play, you know, when you're driving with the windows down and you're driving right. on the beach. Like, that's the Van Halen I wanted. <laughs> right. And then when they got into, like, the real, like, the synthesis, I didn't really love the synthesizer era for Eddie either. That wasn't my favorite part of it, so. There's a lot of questionable eras for Eddie. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's something we can get into as we go. I to Eddie. Uh, let me add, I'm devoted to Eddie, but. Okay, let's get yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah, so where's the devotion center? Tell the story about about your your love for Van Halen and how it ultimately kind of crescendoed to this and what Amazing meeting with Eddie. Strange. Um, well, I think it started. It started in high school, and I can I can say that my friend Dana Doty, who is now Dana Hauser, a school teacher in Florida, was really at the nexus of it. Do you think anyone's hot for teacher? teacher? <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> Dana, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Oh God. <laughs> But she was into music, and that's how she was really into rock music. I was always into it, too. And so we met in high school. And, you know, in high school, I went to high school in South Florida, so you're always driving around, and you had the car radio on, and, like, you're driving around with the windows down and the radio really loud. And Was Van Halen the, Van Halen. the band? I mean, I know they're an L.A. band, but, like, it, yeah, I feel like no. it's, the, it's the L.A. Of the, of the East Coast. Yeah, they were, <laughs> like, they were big in my high school. I remember yeah. that. But, like, you would go to a Van Halen concert and, like, Everybody from you know your high school was there, so yeah, awesome. they were pretty big. So you you go to you. She brought you into the show. I mean, did you know? Did you know them? Did you know the band pretty well before you saw them live? Or I did. Was it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know I'd been a fan. I mean, I loved rock music like that was what we would now call classic rock. You know, which yeah. I hate that term, but I mean that was always like I remember buying Back in Black. I remember the record yep. store I was in. I remember where it was in Fort Lauderdale. I remember buying it. So I was always into it. But then... Uh, the, I do want to make that note. Like, you are into rock and roll, not just Van Halen. Yeah, We're diving true. deep on Van Halen today. But John Clayton yeah. is not the only hard-rocking <laughs> NFL reporter. No. Right. Yeah, I've seen Judas Priest in concert, which is probably I smell follow-up. <laughs> I saw um, Slayer once by myself. Slayer. Iron uh, Maiden. During my rock I saw music Iron career. Maiden. Iron, Iron yeah. Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> 
But see, the, 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 like, strange. so, but Iron Maiden, like those bands, they had a much different sound than Van yes. Halen in terms, because Van Halen mixed in like doo-wop. Well, they were yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. They, I always thought that they were sort of like almost dance music, like, you know, right. like Dance the Night Away. I mean, that was a real dance song. Um, so yeah, but that was sort of my tangent, my rock and roll tangent, but I mean, Van Halen was my, that was the band I loved most. So when was the first time you saw them? I I'm trying to think. I was either a sophomore or junior in high school. Did you um, buy the T-shirt at the concert? Yeah, and I wish I still had it. But like you know, oh. it was like that baseball style. Oh, oh that's awesome! Yeah. That and would everybody well. wore them to school the next day. My yeah. God! <laughs> and your daughter growing up in New York now, like in a few years in high school, if she had a vintage Van Halen T-shirt, um, that yeah, jersey right. length. But Ooh. I wouldn't let her wear it because I wouldn't want it wrecked. Yeah, good but, point. Framed. Um, so I saw. Uh, we went to the concert at the Hollywood Sportatorium, which was where all of the, uh, just an absolute disaster like of a location. That sounds like a Simpsons reference, yeah. like the Sportatorium. <laughs> hor- I mean, it, it was a horrible venue. I mean, it was great. Every major tour went through there, but oh, I fire trap. Now that I think about it, like as a parent, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe my parents let me go. Um, actually, the first time we went to see them, like I think I was 15 or 16, and like one of my dad's friends chaperoned us. How many oh, times wow. did you see them? Uh, six. I've seen wow. them six times. That's a real Only number. Only with David Lee Roth. I never, after the break. Yeah, so if they'd, got, if they'd stay yep. together, you'd be on like show 150, right? You'd be like the Bill yeah, Walton of Yeah, but you know, Halen. when they toured last year. You'd be the year, guy yes, in, among the sports I'd be writers. the person <laughs> tweeting like the <laughs> yeah, playlist. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but when they toured, you know, last year with David Lee Roth, my husband, who also liked Van Halen, um, asked if I wanted to go. They were at Jones Beach. And I said, no, like, I don't want to see them old. Like, I just want yeah. them preserved, preserved in, in amber. amber. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I just want to remember what they looked like when I was 17 years old, you know, and they were <laughs> healthy and, you know, 25 years old. That's what I want to Before think Eddie Van Halen was on his second jaw. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a tough, yeah, yeah, it was a tough period for Eddie. But. So with that co- first concert, is that, that's the one where you got your, your souvenir, if you will? No. Oh, okay. Uh, that was on the Diver Down tour was my first one. It was the... Ninth, what year was that? So that would have been 1983, 82, okay. 83. That was with the red scuba guitar? That was the red and yeah. the, right, the Diver Down fl- yeah, flag yeah. on the album cover. And I did not yeah. bring that one today. So, so yeah. that that was really a great album. But it, uh, apparently, I just in that same interview, I read that like Eddie didn't really like that album because they did a lot of covers. And I'm like, I, I really like that album, but all right. Uh, but so it was a 1984 tour that I, uh, you know, you had at that time you had to camp out for concert tickets. Oh, yeah. You know, there was nothing mm-hmm. online. You, so we had camped out for concert tickets and we got second row tickets. I mean, how this many is, days or how many hours or whatever? We camped out overnight in, wow. at, at, in the parking there, lot. Was and, there, t- and there were a lot of people. I mean, you know, it was yeah, no yeah. big deal. A everybody scene, I imagine, it. you know, it becomes was a, like it, but everybody, I mean, you just did it. It was, yeah. that's how you did it if you wanted to get great seats there was nothing you know you it's definitely it got that link later days and confused vibe to yeah. the whole thing you know <laughs> but i can it, tell you that we were sleeping in the car like i'm like i'm not sleeping on the sidewalk okay was it just i draw the, two the line of you? there or were there a group of you that yeah, were like there were rotating a bunch of people yeah, yeah, right yeah. from school and then there were all other people too so it was someone was smoking a joint on the right, i mean you're line. not right we <laughs> yeah. were not alone in a parking lot right. in fort lauderdale um so for one of the shows on that, they, I think they played like four nights in a row, and we went to three of them or two in a row. And the first night we had second row seats, and uh, you know, so and sort of right in front of 
where they were and uh you know eddie would play and then flick his guitar pick out and once i realized that was happening i then you beat some ass and you got a guitar (laughs) pick i got a little unclued (laughs) and uh and the poor guy who was in front of me who was in row one so he'd obviously he'd already won the lottery he was in row one i just you know you're standing on your seat Right, everybody's standing on the seat, and so it was very easy to push him out of the way. And you got, <laughs> and just, and you got a and pick. Get the pick. Yeah. And you're holding oh, it right here. So for our our, our uh, audio oh. audience here, she's got a pick. It's I can't. It looks like it was a, a white pick at one time. It's a yeah, little yellow. It's a little yellowed. It's got the Van Halen winged symbol on the front. Awesome. And then it's got an Edward. autograph from Eddie that's actually part of. Yeah. Yeah. But it's this also partly been... worn off. You can see where his finger yeah, probably right. used Played it, it right. to play. Um. Yeah, it's been in my jewelry box ever since. With things like, you know, like my engagement ring. I mean, you know, important stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, I like that you got that in high school and it's been in your jewelry box ever since. Like, Anthony, this is my hope chest. <laughs> you know? My husband was, I said to my husband, I've got to bring the guitar pick. I said, it's in my wallet. And he's like, it's been in your wallet this whole time. <laughs> so that tells you what my husband thinks of this whole time. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. I've had a, this condom in my wallet since I was 16. So. <laughs> One day. One day, man. So let's talk. I mean, that's, first of all, it's an amazing story. And then. It's so cool that you still have it, too. I mean, frankly, oh, so much stuff. You move once or twice and these things start to fall away. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, well, that's why I like I don't have the vinyl albums. You don't have the you know, t-shirt, I mo- and yeah. I don't have the t-shirts because I moved yeah. and got rid of stuff. But yeah. not that. Let's talk you about touched it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually touched it. Well, the albums itself. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite record of theirs, and why? Uh, well, I liked one. I liked the very first one. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Was running with the devil their breakout hit? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still I, love I, that. Like I still love that song when I hear it on the radio. Yeah, I me still too. Really good going on that one i actually it's i have to jump in that is my favorite song that is also and i want to tweet this out to our listeners as a poll that i would argue is one of the greatest first song on a first album like you put it on (laughs) you listen to the first song and you're like oh that's what this whole band Band is is like it is just it is a perfect like there's that there's Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. I would argue Time for Some Action by Redman is actually a really good example of that. And some others. Of course you'd argue that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Running with the Devil is as good a first song, first album as you'll ever hear. Was Shout at the Devil Motley, Motley Crue's first song on their first album? I don't remember. I don't know. I, I, don't I know, know that was like their, they're like, I know they were, Van Halen like very much inspired them and then they came out with Shout at the Devil and it's like. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, didn't like a little close. I didn't know that. Well, I read the I read the crew book, The Dirt, and it's like all them just hanging out. The beginning is all them hanging out in L.A. with David Lee Roth doing a ton of coke, and they were and <laughs> and and and, uh, and David Lee Roth <laughs> and D.L.R. was like like the most famous guy in the room when you know I think like they were all kind of making it, but Van Halen really broke I think in like the late seventies, whereas right. Motley Crue was That's more right. like an eighty one right. I think breakout. That's right. So I'm. I don't know, man. My my song is my jam is Panama. Um, there's a couple yeah. things about Panama I want to unpack really quick with you. One, I think any great Van Halen song's got to have like a chorus that sounds like a hundred people are singing it simultaneously. It's like like so it's Panama, uh, uh, and then you get like that little simple Eddie riff that's like totally infectious and mel- and melodic. But then you get. The absolute staple of, of a DLR song, which is the three-minute soliloquy in the middle <laughs> right. with 
with like just safe enough for on air radio, but like <laughs> a lot like puts her hand between my my knees, dips the seat back, and you're like, oh, okay, double entendre, but like, yeah, mom worried there for a second. <laughs> like everything about that song, I feel like captures that whole era of the band. I my favorite songs are uh, "Dance the Night Away" and yeah. "Beautiful Girls." Um, yeah, beautiful see, I like the really real good. sort of dance, We're like melodic. A- again, like driving with the windows down. Like, are they a pop band or are they a metal band? I, d- I never thought of them as a metal band. I don't think I thought of them as a pop band, but I didn't think of them as heavy metal. Well, it's because you were spending all your time at Judas Priest concerts. Right, I mean, heavy metal is ACDC, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, that's what I think of. They're, I never thought of them as metal. They're not that different from ACDC, though, right? I know. I think they're a rock and roll band. I don't think... I think they lack, frankly, and I mean this in the best possible way, they lack the darkness yeah, to no be darkness a metal band. Like, right. they're a fun... Rock and roll party, band. you know. Life is good. We're jumping off big speakers. You yeah, know, you know. That he jumped of off a lot of speakers. Yeah. <laughs> like if he doesn't have, hip, if he hasn't it. had hip replacement surgery, <laughs> yeah. um, he's he's a miracle. I, uh. you know. I look at him the way like you look at Keith Richards. Like, wow, he's still upright. That's awesome. The word I've yeah. Just somebody said about. Richard's years ago, it's always fit with these those sorts of people. Man, that guy is a survivor. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. like, to be fair, David Lee Roth had a lot more non-jumping years than Keith Richards <laughs> did. Who <laughs> <laughs> stayed a far more active uh, part of music culture. Um, so, so you, oh, go ahead. No, no, I just want to go back. Like, so this experience with them, and like you brought your guitar pick and things like that. You very much experienced them as they were. New Exploding. and live right. and touring, yes. so you got to live through their explosion yes. salad days, yeah. if you will. Yes, like I did not. Uh, when 1984 came out, I did not, and Jump became like this phenomenon, right? And that's when yeah. everybody else discovered Van Halen, and you know, of course, the old timers were like, eh. Like I didn't love that song, mm-hmm. you know, because again, I didn't love the synthesizer did you like the thing. I like the album, yeah. yeah, but I didn't love the song because I didn't love the synthesizer part of it. Um, but you know, yeah, that's when they really exploded, and then everybody else was just like, "Well, Van Halen's the biggest band in the world," and I'm like, "Yeah, they've been awesome all these years before." You know, I was legitimately scared of David Lee Roth as a kid because there was—I don't remember <laughs> if it was from his solo days or when it was from Van Halen—but he did some sort of weird thing where he was a bird. Like, do you remember? In a, it was either in a video or some kind of promotional materials, and he had like this weird bird mask face. And I used to see it in stores and get super creeped out by it. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do remember Eddie wore like those sort of the overalls, the red and white overalls on one of the tour. I remember that was a huge, people like then were wearing things that looked like that. And it was like, yeah, you know, come on. Yeah, yeah that's a tough look to yeah, pull yeah, off yeah, in high school, yeah, yeah. right? If you're not a rock god. Right. Where does Eddie rank as a guitar player historically do you, to you? Oh. Number one. <laughs> Not personally. I mean, well, like, if you're, if I was, I was going to tap into your reporter sense, right. and I you mean, had to do a power ranking. Greater than Jimi Hendrix? I don't know. I mean, if you could what? redraft the no, 19, not. no, no, <laughs> if you could redraft <laughs> the 1978 guitar draft, <laughs> who would be the number one overall pick? Much better value long term yeah. in some other places. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I, I like, would you say he's a top top five guitarist of all time? Uh, I think so. He had such a unique sound. I mean, look, I'm not a guitar. I mean, I don't know anything about yeah, playing the guitar, yeah. but I mean, he had such a unique sound. I um, was surprised when Prince died, how many people went right to Prince's. Oh, he's guitarist. the best guitar player of that era. And which is, I mean, he's a great guitar player, but I don't think of Prince a guitar because of all that Prince did 
away from playing the guitar. Whereas you think of Eddie Van Halen as all you think of. I think of guitar and I think of like, you know, making bad decisions. So I, well, that's because Eddie. I mean, Eddie wasn't dancing. I mean, the way Prince performed. That's right. right. I mean, he was so multi-talented. Right. Do you have a favorite solo of, of his? I love Eruption. Yeah. You know that, which I remember they opened one of the concerts I was at, uh, and I remember where I was sitting. It's so bizarre how you get this all. Like, I was sitting to the side of the stage, and they opened. It was dark, and he started playing Eruption, and the place just went bananas. Would you? Uh, would you like tweedle tweedle that solo for us right now? <laughs> Could you do it? Like. I can't. Like, come on! I'm not a guy. I I play a lot of air guitar, actually. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, I would. Pl- I mean, I played air guitar in my car. That's for sure. At, at home, give us one one come lick on. of one song. Oh wow! I can't. I can't do that. No, I can't. Can't? would never. No, I can't. <laughs> See, our listeners wow. can't hear, but that was Judy. Wow. She's got a far, <laughs> far lower voice um, in her guitar, the guitar range. Wow, so. that I mean, was impressive. So let's let's just kind of let's just kind of talk for a second about the elephant in the room. The band breaks up. Take us back to the moment you heard that Van Halen, because at the time everyone had to have assumed, right? Like now Eddie's just going to go be a solo artist, whatever. But when you found out that Van Halen was coming back and they they brought in Sammy Hagar, we know you didn't continue with them. Did you want to give it a chance? Did you give it a chance? Or were you like, uh, I'm out? It was actually, the timing was good because I was going to college. So it was a natural break. And I was, uh, you know, I mean, I listened to them, but I was just never the same. I wasn't about to go to their concerts. I mean, it was just never captured me like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, as a, I mean, you knew that they had, had a tense relationship for a few years so you sort of figured this is the way it was going to go still like they were on top of the world when they broke up i mean they were as big as they ever were and then they break up and you're like what are you i mean even as an 18 year old like stupid kid you know you're just like are you insane like well, you're breaking up now yeah right. you know so. it's got to be hard for somebody with the ego and showmanship of david lee roth to perform in a band that is named after right someone else Right, where yeah. he's not doesn't have the creative control right. in the band. So. But yeah, that was... Do you, did you like David Lee Ross' solo work? Uh, I had some of his solo stuff. I didn't mind him as a solo artist. I, I mean, I would have preferred that Eddie had been a solo artist yeah. rather than reform Van Halen. Although I do kind of like that now Eddie's son is part of the band. Hmm. You know, I sort of like that, the sentimental part of that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, so David Lee Roth... <laughs> You're though, not a fan of that part. No, no. I like that, too. I was just... In my head, cut, I was picturing... Wolfgang out of the whole thing in your <laughs> eyes. No, in my head, I was, pic- I was trying to is picture... Is Wolfgang? Wolfgang, after Mozart. Wolfgang because, Van Halen is some hell of a name. My God. I was trying to picture... You can follow they, him on Twitter, by the oh, way. I might jump on that. <laughs> when Prince died, they showed this famous clip of... of um, uh, him playing with a band with the sun in it. And I was like, wait, was that Van Halen? No, it was George Harrison's son. Um, mm-hmm. with, uh, like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. Yeah, it was the one, oh, yeah. My Guitar Gently Weeps, which right. tore around the internet. So yeah. I feel like, w- we don't talk sports, I can make a sports analogy. That's part of the, part of the lexicon. I kind of feel like David Lee Roth as a solo artist was like when Mike Martz became a head coach. In that... <laughs> All the good stuff of Daily Roth that fit really well, like in a rock song, we tried to talk about like the, the long-winded interludes and like the kind of 50s doo-wop um, inspiration. All that became completely unchecked. 
and you're like, I feel like this guy's kind of Phil Collins in tighter pants. This is not cool anymore. And I liked, I liked just a gigolo and I like his California girls and stuff, but I felt like he was really just making videos and being a a rock star. And there was nothing to say musically at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess now we would say it was sort of self-indulgent. I mean, it was, Sort of. David no, Lee Roth. It was, it was, but now we'd say yes. it was self I mean, it was David Lee Roth being David Lee Roth with yeah, no right. check on it. Of totally. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, this was a self indulgent okay. band. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about eruption and the solos. They and named it like, after like the nine members in the band with the name. Yes, <laughs> yes. it was a self indulgent project. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like all great bands, it had Not ego and self indulgence yes. and yes. friction. And, you know, that's. That's uh, one of the key elements to all this. So I always, I always wondered how the rest of the band. I don't know the answer to this. How the rest of the band felt when Eddie did, did the thing with Michael Jackson, and that blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, what thing with Michael? You know, he played. Oh, he's he, did, he, did he did the solos on beat it, and so yeah. I always wondered, like, did the rest of the band sort of roll their eyes at that because there he was off on his own and crossing genres you know like he, that was a different thing and exposed him to a whole other audience I always thought like did David Lee Roth yeah, resent that yeah, yeah. I, and I don't remember that solo could you uh, dweedle that for us <laughs> no you are not getting me to go down <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that was also a Judy good job um, <laughs> alright El- other elephant in the room are they a hairband is Van Halen no, a hairband? I never thought of them as a hairband. Defend band your case. Either. No, they had great hair, but that's not the same as being a hairband. A hairband is Rat. Quiet Riot was a hairband. Total hair. What do you think of when you think of Quiet Riot? Hair. Uh, I think Van, they were Van Halen knockoffs. Molly Crew, I think of yeah. as a hairband, but I don't think they were hair. They had musical skill. They weren't out yeah. there just with gigantic hair and crazy outfits. I mean, they had. You know, it's funny. I think that Van Halen, and partly this is helped by where they came, by coming a little earlier, they were the inspiration and precursor for a lot of those hair bands. And then I think Guns N' Roses did it so well that they've also now ascended to a level beyond beyond hair bands. I think everybody else is wallowing in this hairy muck down at the bottom of the shower. But I mean, Van Halen would have been good without the hair. Like That's they right. would have yeah, been a yeah, good yeah. band if they didn't have hair, but like there were bands whose entire careers, such as they were, were about their look. That's the right. greatest way to to consider whether a band is a hair band. You just said, would they be good without the hair? Like it sounds so subtle, but yeah, Molly Crew would have been good without the hair. They had a hard sound at first. They ultimately sold out, right. got more poppy. I think Home you could make a case. Guns, Guns and Roses would obviously. Guns and Roses was not a hair band. That's right. right. Certainly, Slash, and, and to be fair, different hair. Like Slash's hair is not <laughs> like the guys from from Rat. And I okay. And there's a grace period too because you could argue that Twisted Sister, Motley Crue, were were all doing like a post New York Dolls like you know meditation on, to that on, too. Yeah. on glam rock. Yeah. Um, and that Motley Crue was closer to it, but not. And then like. Poison, I think, is is the is the, Skid the Row. turning point because Poison is is so much a trivial music shop. Now, Brett Michaels, huge fan of the Rock of Love and Rock of Love bus, but I, I mean, think the, after Rose that, that's the cliff. If you, you can walk up to Poison and make a case that like they've got their moments, and anything that af- like after that that kind of resembles Poison is absolutely a hair band. There's no argument for it. 
Yeah, I, they were never. I never even would put them in the hairband, just as I would not think of them as heavy metal. They were. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they were just a rock and roll, fun kind of band. Okay, I was gonna. I'm gonna wade right into it here. So Brad and I have had a long debate wherein I have said incorrectly that the greatest American rock and roll band is the Grateful Dead for their songbook, the longevity of their career, great albums, things like that. It, it's a debate. We've carried this on in bars. I brought this up to my neighbor who played in a lot of rock bands, and he said, oh, without a doubt for me, it's Van Halen. Does Van Halen have a claim to be the greatest American rock and roll band? Uh, I think so, because, okay, you can have the Grateful Dead, but if who else is there? Well, see, that, it's a sort of tricky question, because if you say American solo artist, it's a lot well, that's harder. Well, that's but no, we're no, not and greatest that. British right. band is a lot that's harder. That's much harder. American bands is a much funkier, smaller pool. Right. So. I mean, who would you say otherwise? Guns and Roses as an American band? They're not better than Van Halen. Well, and they're long, they had no they longevity. They had no longevity. They flamed out. We're still yeah. waiting for whatever the right. whole album we're waiting for now. It's we're going to be waiting. awesome. Right. Chinese Democracy is going right. to be great. Are you kidding? We're still awesome waiting for them to show done. up for, t- for the concert <laughs> That's right. they scheduled 28 That's years right. ago. Well, okay, the thing about The Grateful Dead and why I push back so much is I don't, I don't feel like The Grateful Dead as a band capture what I would consider to be the soul of American rock and roll. Yes, They're a great very... band, but when you think about Amer- the American rock sound, um, I just feel like they're more of an outlier to that. It's not like they, they spawned... A, I mean, they spawned their fair share of imitators, but I, I would much rather talk about Van Halen or even Guns N' Roses um, or Nirvana... As well, that's something that's probably is. more indicative of like American rock and roll, whereas the Grateful Dead, I think, are a very important eclectic band. But I, I don't know. I, I it, it just doesn't. Well, feel I mean, right. I, I would say, look, I think Nirvana is probably the most influential American band ever. I think you could make that case, right? I, yeah. I mean, for changing a sound and influencing a sound, I think. And even in their short time, I think they covered a lot of artistic ground. I mean, they have straight-ahead punk songs to lush arrangements, the most gorgeous cover of an old blues number you'll ever hear in your life, you know. And I think that they, granted, they they had a very small window, but they accomplished a lot with it. Right, so. they were very influential. Is that, that time. I mean, I think Grateful the Grateful Dead has longevity on its side, but is right. that were they ever the MVP? That's a perfect. That was a, right. Yeah, it's a very Bill Simmons esque argument. Like, did they ever have the the championship right. belt? Which is fine. I mean, I think it's a perfectly legitimate argument. And yes, they were the MVP of rock and roll Look, from we like can 1981 save this. to 1984. We can like, save right? this. Some... We can save the Grateful Dead talk for the Bill Walton podcast. <laughs> but I do have to ask. Bill, the, return our emails. Yeah. <laughs> In coming out of this. Did your tastes go, because we're talking about like more straight ahead rock bands and not hair, did your tastes go into something like Nirvana? Did you follow rock and roll into grunge? I did, yeah, okay. I did. Uh, well, in college, uh, going to school in Miami, first of all, that was a major pop era then, you know, oh, in yeah. the 80s, going into the Madonna. late 80s. Like Gloria Stefan, America's house band. pop, you yeah. know, uh, into Prince. I, mm-hmm. I saw Prince at the Orange Bowl in 1984 on that Easter Sunday. That is awesome. That is that a was, cool claim to fame. Oh, and yeah. it was very... You know, that was very controversial that he was going to play on 
on Easter, um, people were outraged oh. that they were going to have that. And I was. was and Prince great. said, Guys, no, it's okay. I have risen. Right. <laughs> now you work every day of the year covering sports. <laughs> right. So, right. have changed. Um, so it was. So, yes, I mean, my tastes certainly evolved. And then um, Nirvana, you know, REM. But those guys, like when I think of, we were talking about this before, they are dark. Like some of their stuff is heavy and depressing. Like yeah. REM, I mean, everybody hurts. Like you just. You know, you want to jump off a bridge. It's just so Brad's, dark. Brad's going to host the REM episode of the Grace American Rock and Roll Band. I, so. I do like They're REM. They're great. I love them. I, I love I mean, grunge, that's though. sort of why, and yeah. I love grunge, but I mean, that's sort of why I liked Van Halen, because you never got to the song on the album that you were like, oh. That's a really good point about them and their unique place, especially in the DLR years, to bring it back to that. Uh, you said it earlier, and it's, I think, what makes them... You know, America's Band of Summer almost. I mean, some yes. Bruce Springsteen writer is now crying, and we're getting a lot of hate mail from all the sports writers in New York City. But they just, they only made fun songs. Yes. So. They were the perfect, growing up as a teenager in South Florida, driving your car. Like, mm-hmm. that was the music to have coming out of your car. That's what they were. Perfect. Can I... If you could do like a Steve Spurrier style rotation of lead singers here, because you know David I would like Lee Roth it to be flames, more successful, than right? Steve so Spurrier. David Lee Roth flames out. If you could have replaced him right then with another person from that era, anyone, if they'd had open auditions, who do you think could have made the band where you would have st- like who would you pair with Eddie and been like, this is going to work? I would listen to it. Wow, from that era. I don't know. Who would you do that with? John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. I would love Bon Jovi and and Eddie together. I think because I think it would have. Bon Halen? I wouldn't. On anything. No, no. They would have called themselves Bon Halen. Oh, Bon Bon Halen. Halen. I think he said on Halen. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Bon Halen would be pretty freaking awesome. (laughs) I guess he would be. That would be a natural fit. I just heard Living on a Prayer today, so sure. Oh, yeah. Could you dweedle yeah. some of that? Like, <laughs> the Richie Sambora solo uh, in the middle? I have to say, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they always play that at Gillette Stadium. That is a staple oh, of a game ye- at Gillette Stadium. Oh, yeah. Whoever's in charge of the music loves Bon Jovi there. Like, okay, this is, a, this is an interesting segue into sports. It's We can't talk careful. sports, oh. but we can talk stadiums. And you spend a lot of your time around live sports, the a good knowledge of this part of the American rock and roll songbook is critical. It, there you go. Okay. Uh, Gillette Stadium. I always look forward to every game they play. Eminence Front. Every and I look forward to it because you're not really hearing Eminence Front on the radio much right. anymore. But like I was like, oh, this great song. Yeah. Tom who, Brady always used to run out to Tom Sawyer by Rush. Yeah. Now he so. does Jay Z. I think. Welcome to the or, jungle. Welcome at, to the jungle. At the is jungle a big, is a big. Stadium song. What yeah. Van Halen is still in rotation? Anything? Running with the Devil is played constantly. Oh, at Devil's games. Constant, no, just played in stadiums oh, no, Devils, everywhere. The Devils have that, um, that uh, what's that Gary Glitter song they play all the time? Oh, yeah. It's like their, well, I thought right. a lot of places retired that. Right. We might be editing this out of the I think podcast. They, yeah, no, no, no. I think that, that it, there was a, uh, we talked about doing that yeah. in like a short, like a short film or something. Like just the, the that song was the, the stadium song and the guy was like a total monster. Right. Um, Okay, let me ask you. But these songs are timeless. Like that is the the quality to them, especially Van Halen. Like Running with the Devil is going to be forty years old, (gasps) 
in two years. Oh, wow. I'll be 40 Can I make a counter Horrible. to that? There are very few cars that put the seat back in the middle of underneath <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it's all auto. <laughs> Look, that is dated poorly. So, um, well, yeah. let me, okay, let me ask you this question. You can answer this either as an analyst or as a woman. Is Eddie Van Halen attractive? Yes. Yeah. What makes Empirically him attractive? attractive. He just is. He's cute. I, he had I great hair. I do not hair. think Eddie Van Halen is an attractive man. I do not think that he is at all. Really? For like a huge rock star, no. I mean, he's a great guitarist. That's fine. But David Lee Roth was far more attractive. No, no, no. David Lee Roth had no. a real sex appeal in the 80s. I, I'm going to go with Valerie Bertinelli no. and Judy Batista on no. this one. No. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, Eddie was... Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, both more attractive than Eddie. No, no. But here's, well, no. You guys are crazy. No. No. They lived so hard, though. They were the, you know, look at the back cover of that. So I brought. This is amazing, right? I, yeah, yeah, I brought my, because I'm the Brooklyn hipster of Just Not Sports, I brought my vinyl album of Van Halen's debut. When I used to DJ a lot of soul, funk, and rap music parties, I would like to drop Running with the Devil after I played Wu Tang's Uzi. <laughs> so that was my progression but I thought you know we had to honor Judy's guitar pick with something but looking at the back cover of that yeah, I mean insane. David Lee Roth in full like they back they were all gorgeous and they knew it and they embraced it yeah. so. we, th- that first right. album we talked about this off air we were arguing whether it was the best introduction to a band ever in terms of Gareth you talked about the yeah. first song but listen to the first few Running With The Devil you really got me. Ain't talking about love. I'm the one. Jamie's crying. Jamie's crying. Atomic mm-hmm. punk. Feel your love tonight. That's I the can't first. Wait to feel your that's love the tonight. first seven <laughs> songs of this band's existence. You'd be yeah. like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in. Yeah, Jamie's crying. That was a great song too. I really can't think of another debut. I mean, you could probably go. You probably dig up like a Stones or Beatles album or the Who or something. But like, that's a really spectacular run. Well, yeah. They cranked out so many albums in such a short time, the they Beatles doing, and all them. These guys, I feel like... Well, they did one a yeah. year for yeah. those first six albums, I think, were one each year. I think so, yeah. Because they were supposed to release 1984 on New Year's Eve of going into 1984, and then it got held up for something, and it came out on, like, You know, January because they're 9th. Van Halen. Because they're Van Halen, <laughs> like, and they can tell the right. entire industry, They can tell the, yeah, you wait for us, and right. we don't eat brown we'll M&Ms. Be, right, right, exactly. We'll be ready in a few days. Um, and they, I think it came out something like January 8th or 9th. But I, I, but I think they were on a one a year, which is a, a ridiculous pace. I mean, God. Can I actually, uh, I want to make a recommendation to anyone who is still listening to this. If you like podcasts, <laughs> This American Life did an episode that started off a few years ago dissecting Van Halen's contract clause about the brown M&Ms. Famous. And it was, it was a famous clause, but there's a lot more that went into that than just sort of like rock They were ego. testing. Weren't they exactly. testing people? Yes. Yeah, it was, like, it was a writer. So I did, right. they were a client. M&Ms was a client of mine um, for, uh, for years, and we actually made up shirts that said absolutely Absolutely no brown M&M's last year when Van Halen um, released a box that we sent around to various influencers and stuff. Uh, because, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a rider. It was a thing in their rider that would be, uh, they were noticing local promoters were not adhering to their safety standards. And right. if they came in and they saw the M&M's didn't, weren't picked out, they, they, they would instantly know them. they didn't read it very right. closely. Right. Exactly. And um, they said that, because it was the first time they brought like a big arena-sized tour into smaller, more regional like hockey arenas and things like right. that. So, I mean, 
pretty savvy. That's pretty smart. It's Whoever, very, whatever manager came up with that idea. Uh, and, so ahead. now we get a legend, but it served a purpose. I mean, that's where Van Halen should live on timeless forever. Timeless. So you have to get going before you do. In Just Not Sports, we, we know athletes have to do annoying aptitude tests like the Wonderlick. <laughs> so we have the Wonderlike, which is five questions about the thing that you like. Oh, God. So we've got five bad. questions about Van Halen locked. Are okay. you ready? Uh, sure. Uh, question number one. Eddie Van Halen has a famous guitar model, which takes its name from what movie monster? Frankenstein. That is correct. Yeah. What's it called? What does he call it? The guitar. It? What's yeah. his guitar oh. called? I don't know. It is the, that is the Frankenstrat. Oh. But that was not the question. So you're but still one, one for one, one. One for one. I'm impressed. So you knew, you knew, that you knew Frankenstein, but you didn't know Frankenstrat. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Does it have a Frankenstein on it? Or is it just the name? Mm. I only know the one. I only know the Diver Down guitar. No, question number two. How many Van Halen album titles begin with the words Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> Does that encompass all of them? Like the post David uh, Roth years? Just do the, the Roth the years. first two were Van Halen and then Van Halen 2, creatively enough. Uh, okay, then there was Women and Children First, Fair Warning, Diver Down, 1984. I'm impressed. 5150. But then they had some, comp- they had greatest... Hits and live. And then they had the F word album. So we'll, right. we'll, there's, we'll give this to you. You, had, you, you nailed it. The Roth years had two. It was two. one and two. And then they did put out Van Halen 3 in 1998. See, but that doesn't, I mean, does it that does even count, count as right. the same band? No. Is, was that when they were with, with David Lee? It must have been well, when he, they were with David Lee Roth Return. right? came back, right? Yeah. And then it sounds like a radio host. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two for two. Because we're not counting the 1998 years. In 1984, MTV famously gave away a trip to join Van Halen on tour. That trip was called the Van Halen Blank Weekend. The Lost Weekend? I yeah, no that'd be that correct. Was. Nailed it. That was, I, oh, I wish it, that was I, the Aaron Rodgers throw into the end zone against Arizona. No, of, that was somebody answers. who doesn't know Great. the answer on a daily double just... Amazing. I don't know, Alex. But it would be lost a Lost Weekend. weekend Absolutely, yeah. Weekend. I mean, Question number four. Van Halen reunited at the 1996 MTV Video Music Awards. I remember that. And David Lee Roth's antics on stage instantly caused another feud. What musician won the award they presented? Oh, God. Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) I do remember watching that show for the reunion because I think everybody thought that was it. They were going to get back together and, oh, it's going to be great. And they were going to go forward. And it was a disaster. It was Beck. Beck. Beck was on stage, and then for, for people Odele, who didn't remember, was that was it, that, yeah, that right? Year? I think it was Odalay because his Mellow Gold was like 90, 93, 94, 94 yeah. yeah. So he Roth was just standing on stage and kind of like egging on the crowd who had been so happy they came back in, oh. and and ignoring Beck. Poor Beck. Poor Beck. I think he's. I'm a loser, baby. So I why love don't that you There we go. Judy's really getting really into time. the singing, and we got to wrap it up. <laughs> yep. <Okay. laughs> uh, the video for question number five, the video for right now is famous for its written messages. The first one is oh right now, Ed is blank. Wow. I don't know. You got me. 
Playing the piano. You got me or you, you really, really got, got me? me. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and then we have one more question for the Wonder Like that our listeners are dying to know. What is your Van Halen karaoke go-to? Oh, I would do Running with the Devil, I think. Okay. I think that's a great dun, dun, dun. Come on. The whole it, crowd would go crazy. The other recommendation, have you, if you've never heard the David Lee Roth isolated vocal track of Running with the Devil, it's online. We'll post it. It's unbelievable. It is one of the greatest pieces of audio you'll ever hear. It's just, just, it's just him by himself? It's just him good, by himself isolated. Bad. No, it's amazing. Oh. First of all, look, from a... You realize the range of his voice and what he did, but just to hear that stuff isolated. And then dead silence for 10 seconds. Go listen to it. It is spectacular. To paraphrase Jason Manzoukas, David Lee Roth did not just walk in the room. <laughs> it's just a perfect imitation of him. Well, Judy, we can't thank you enough for coming on Just on Sports. This is an interview we've been waiting to do forever. Your passion <laughs> is unquestioned. Your knowledge, un, un, uh, just unparalleled. Yeah, amazing. We can't wait. I mean, you just rattled off like I all their albums. I can't wait. I love that song too. Uh, I you love know what? That this is really song. sad. That, if this had just gone off another back. hour, you'd be and it, like, a, like another hour, you'd be like on the table, just <laughs> like, let's yeah. do it. There's, there was a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of head banging. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank We're going to so take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by The Weatherneck. We spend a lot of time around athletes and super active people, and two things really stand out to us. They love staying active outdoors all year round, and they need quality equipment to do that. Enter The Weatherneck. The Weatherneck is a modern take on the bandana that's quick, quiet, clean, and comfortable, and it's designed specifically for performance outdoors. It features high-tech fabrics and powerful magnets that make it today's outdoor bandana, and it's comfortable. The center mesh section allows for full breath when active outdoors, and the wicking fabrics eliminate the nasty soaking wetness that can bunch up in fleeces. Everyone knows what it's like to put on like a knit scarf, try to be on a bike out in the cold. It's just awful. Your face gets super wet. And it's super convenient. It removes in one second with one hand. That's amazingly helpful if you're on the bike, on the run, or just outdoors doing your thing. I know the guys who created this. They are super smart, super passionate, the types of people I would trust. Go to theweatherneck.com for more information or to place an order. Theweatherneck.com. So that was this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. That was one of my favorite interviews we've done, and I will sit down and talk about anything with Judy anytime she wants to. We've already talked about doing a second part of that interview on U2, who I hate, but that steers me into the next topic of conversation. U2, like Van Halen, can look back and say they have a great first song on their first album, and that is I Will Follow. So we want you, our listeners, to start a conversation online and tweet at us what your favorite debut song is. First song, first album, what is your winner? And we will keep this conversation going. I will ask the guys next week what their favorite debut song is, and we will go from there. We can maybe even get into Shaq's debut first song. And in his immortal words, booty rappers... Stay booty. Yeah,